The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 116 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got a duo cast. It's just me and John, at John George, at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? It's just going to be the two of us rolling solo on a Wednesday afternoon. You know, sometimes uh, schedules are wacky, and that's what we got to do. So, uh, actually, it's kind of a good week to, to be short-staffed a little bit, because there's not a whole lot going on this week. <laughs> in the final weeks of the regular season... In the LPL and the LCK, the LEC is off until next week, where the playoffs will start. We do have LCS playoffs beginning. I guess we call it what the championship now or whatever, because it's it's yeah, it's like a single playoff. Um, that will be starting this weekend. We've got two matches in the LCS, and uh, we'll be going over each of the playoff pictures in in the leagues, and then covering the. I'll, I'll go ahead and call them mostly meaningless games in the LPL and LCK. Uh, the LCK is actually kind of confusing, but the LPL has a lot of meaningless matches. So it's yeah, changed. the LCK is like one or two results away from being like not that interesting. Would you have to? Yeah. There's still a couple more results that have to come in yeah. to kind of solidify. Like them. actually, I think like after tomorrow, it's probably just going to be like mostly locked up. I think so. We'll see. Or tomorrow and Friday, I think we'll. I think it's safe to say. It's, it's just a matter of jockeying for seeding and whatnot. And the, the LPL is kind of a similar situation, but it's always difficult. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more when we get to it. Um, was there any news that you saw? Like, I didn't see anything major. I saw Broxham made a kind of an announcement on his Twitter, but that's just like what I happened to see today. Yeah, nothing nothing major that I've seen. Just, you know, people that are eliminated from playoffs saying, you know, I hope we'll have a better season next season. I'm rededicating yeah. myself. And then people that made playoffs saying – Glad we made playoffs, but this isn't the end. We're trying to win a title yeah. or whatever. Oh, we have the uh, the what's it called? The FTX news is FTX, right? The, the oh the yeah, that is interesting. Um, so, <laughs> I think this is just like one of these classic like red tape, like you know, uh, what do they call it? Just it's just like red tape nonsense. Like, and it looks it's a bad look, but it's it doesn't really mean anything, you know, like. Uh, for those that don't know, I think it's, it's FTX, right? Am I mis- am I saying that? Yeah. So it's like a uh, uh, I don't even know what they do. It's cri- it's a it's crypto, crypto exchange, exchange, right? It's crypto exchange, right? Um, that <laughs> can you use this in North America yet? Have we talked about that? I think we mentioned that before. Like, I don't know if you can. I don't think FTX is. It's US, so bizarre, uh, yeah. dude. Like, maybe it is in Canada. I don't know, but um, so they are sponsoring the LCS. Like, they uh, what was the deal? It was a it was a boatload of money uh ftx is like the raid shadow legends of the crypto community like ftx <laughs> just is like buying and sponsoring like everything they possibly can just trying to gain like massive market share yeah seven year deal that's something else isn't it 210 million dollars that's oh no that was the tsm deal the seven year deal with the lcs is a different amount of money i can't see it right now they're just throwing money at it. This is like just literally billionaires throwing, just throwing money for market share on something. It's it's why it's a wild amount of money. 
Yeah, they're kind of just making a bet that esports is going to be big in the next few years, and that this is the type of people that they want to market to, which yeah. I actually think is kind of smart. It, like, it is. It just seems crazy. Gamer, right now. tech savvy type people are the kind of people that you want to be marketing to if you're a crypto exchange. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, I get it. It's just it's very upfront, but I get you know, fortune favors the bold, right? So, uh, yeah, that was. I, a lot of people were blowing up about it because like the LCS wasn't letting TSM put like change their name. But now the entire league is sponsored by them, and like, people are making a huge stink about this. It, like in all in all likelihood, I don't actually know. In all likelihood, this was just like a some rule in the rule book is like you're not allowed to change your sponsor. There needs to be like a certain buffer period to change sponsorships or some some nonsense like that. That's it's probably just some red tape contract stuff, and I wouldn't overthink like, oh man, now the LCS and TSM are in bed together and all this. It's like I I wouldn't overthink any of this stuff. I think it was just probably some kind of uh, rule or contract and contractual obligation or something like that. So uh, it is a lot of, that, the most interesting part about it is like, they're just throwing up a lot of money. Like that's the most interesting part of it. Yeah. Very large numbers. Um, all right. Let's see. Did we, I don't think there was anything else major. Shulk is done. We kind of talked about that already. Um, no acquisitions or, or people dropping teams yet that I've seen. Yeah, nothing I've seen on that front. Yeah, so you know, we'll we'll go over a lot of that in the off season or in between playoffs and worlds. So we will have, we'll have some downtime to do that. So I guess we'll just go into the slate. Um, kind of mention it off the top here. It's going to be a weird week because I guess we can take this time to kind of talk about how you handle essentially week 17 of esports like the nfl week 17 well i guess it's gonna be week 18 now whatever uh the 17 week season but uh the old nfl week 17 argument where it's like you have a ton of teams that some teams do care some teams don't care some teams are resting starters some teams are starting new people other teams are some teams care about seeding for playoffs other teams don't like it, it big picture how do you handle this stuff do you kind of pick your spots or is it more a matter of do you have like a blanket approach to it? So I definitely pick my spots, but I, I am willing to really hammer the spots that I think are really good spots. Like we talked a little bit about it uh, in the discord and stuff, but you have to look specifically at teams and leagues, different, different leagues act differently and different teams within those leagues act differently. And when you're looking at some teams, like uh, an example of this for me would be G2, I think is a team that if they have nothing to play for in their last game, you can almost certainly expect fireworks. They're just a team of like, wild players that are kind of trolly guys and they like to have fun and if they don't have anything to play for i almost say i almost definitely will expect yeah, fireworks they're very loose. same thing with yeah same thing with a team like mad lions i think they're they fit that as well but then there's other teams like i didn't expect anything crazy out of clg yeah when seal when it was clg's last game of the season i didn't expect them to go nuts especially now with the kind of season that they've had so when i find a spot that i think is like really good of like two teams that don't have anything to play for and they've got a mad lions in there or they've got a g2 in there uh, I'll usually slam pretty hard on the over if it doesn't look like it's been moved significantly for this. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you can that you should just like ne- necessarily blanket everything and just auto auto make huge bets on everything. I like to find very specific spots. There's usually a couple every season. I thought Mad Lions last game of the season was like a, a surefire spot for me. Um, but yeah, it's not every team. I will say when there's nothing to play for, I'm willing to look at the underdogs a little bit more. Yeah. But it doesn't give significantly more value to me because better players playing slightly trollier picks are still more likely to win, especially if the other, if the underdogs are also playing slightly more trolly or slightly more loose or whatever, 
the favorites are still significantly better at doing this kind of thing than the underdogs are. But if I see an, uh, an underdog at a huge number in a matchup that doesn't mean anything, I'm, I might be more willing to look at that than normal. Yeah, I, I kind of pick my back. I think I'm a little bit more selective than you are. We were talking about this the other day in the Discord, but, like, I, I tend to be a little bit more selective. Like, it's got to be, like, a premium spot. And even then, a lot of times, I'll just, like, I go very light in the final weeks of the season because, like, you can't – there's not a whole lot of sense to be made out of everything besides situations like that where it's like, okay, yeah, these two teams that are fairly loose, they got nothing to play for, and they like putting a show on. That's the case where you do you do go in on it, right? But uh, for the most there part – There was some uh, – yeah, I will say real quick, just real quick, that there was, like, some spots where if you're paying attention live, when as soon as any of the teams met in mid and danced – you should have been slamming the over. Well, no. There was a couple matches this weekend where where the teams met and mid and danced at the beginning. As soon as you see that, all your money should be going yeah. on the over immediately. Yeah, you know, it's just going to be uh, street ball, essentially. <laughs> and those games can be fun to watch, but, um, yeah. You know, we didn't really talk too much about it, but, like, the maybe uh, one of the bad things about the, the full extended season in the LCS was there was a lot more meaningless games. But I... I we could kind of talk about this in the offseason, I guess, but, like, ultimately I do think that format, there's things that they could change, but overall I like the full season mattering. I'm a fan of that. Uh, I know you could maybe crit- critique the playoff bracket, like maybe the eight teams is stupid. That's fine. I-, I totally understand that. Maybe do the same thing but with six teams next year. I think that could be cool. But the yeah, dangerous, I mean, create- the dangerous part about going to six teams, though, and why I think it was kind of smart for the first year to keep eight teams – is that if you had six teams, you would have literally like two and a half, three weeks of meaningless games potentially at the end of the season, which is a kind of a, a, a balancing act. So I think either yeah, have the maybe... full season or you have to have championship points come back, like qualifier points, because like I, I you need to make spring matter. We saw what happened last season. It was just it was a mess, right? Yeah, maybe the maybe the LCS type teams need to start. Uh, or maybe they do start doing this more like like baseball or basketball, where with those meaningless games at the end of the season, there are other ways to make them meaningful. That's like that's the time to bring up your academy guys and try them out, yeah. or things like that. It's still not meaningful for the brackets, but like if you're eliminated with three weeks left, maybe this is a good chance to try out some some younger guys. And you know that's what football teams or basketball teams are going to do yeah. if they're eliminated from the playoffs and they got ten games left or whatever. And that's a situation that's common in other sports. So I don't think that's like something that's you know, going to be an esports problem if that comes up. Yeah. That's just something that happens in every sport normally. So I don't have any problem with yeah. that. I will say, like on this angle, like for traditional sports, there's like the injury risk more so than I mean, not not that there's not injury problems in esports, but like it's different. Like it's not it's it's very it's not in game. It's it's you know repetitive strain injuries and and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's not like football where you you rest your starting quarterbacks wrist and get clobbered by some three hundred pound defensive lineman. You know, it's like you don't want to break his rib cage in a meaningless game, right? So, um, yeah. Anyway, it's so take that with a grain of salt. We're gonna try to kind of break down big picture how the playoffs are going here. Uh, we'll start with the LPL. Um, the LPL, the playoff teams, the ten playoff teams are locked. That is official as of what, like Sunday? I think it was. It was completely locked up. Uh, so we have this entire week is just teams jockeying for seeding. A um, couple big things. I mean, we'll, we'll just say the two big ones off the bat. Uh, Invictus and JDG missing playoffs for the first time since I can remember. Five years, six years, something like that. Maybe not for JDG. JDG were, you know, bad when they first started. I don't know if you remember that. But, like, Invictus haven't missed playoffs basically since rookies become the starter. That's that was, 
they had a rough start. You could tell something was going on with that team, and they had a lot of flu. I, I want to say like they had a lot of fluky losses, but like a lot of times they shot themselves in the foot. So I don't really feel bad about it. But it does. It's weird not seeing Invictus in the playoffs, right? And same with JDG. Yeah, I mean, I think the overall like history of LPL, it's more surprising to not see Invictus in the playoffs, and this season in particular, it's most surprising yeah. not to see JDG in the playoffs. JDG like. Coming into this split, and especially with these meta changes, I felt like these were good meta changes for JDG. Like, I thought this should be good stuff for them. I thought this increased their chances of winning the league versus last split. Like, I thought things were just going to be great for them. And they, their team fighting in particular just fell apart at some point. I like, I started watching these games, and it used to be, they used to be one of those teams where if they were playing a, an OMG or an LNG or something, they just never lost a team fight to those mm-hmm. teams. Even if they were like 2,000 behind, they would just, find better positions and they would just end up out team fighting them. And that just wasn't there this season. And, uh, and when that's what you rely on, I mean, it's really unfortunate. I, I had a high expectations for JDG and seeing them miss the playoffs is, is shocking, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Like I was not nearly as bullish as everyone else, but like at the end of the day, I was like, look at these players. Like this team, this team can only be so bad. Right. But it turns out that doesn't always mean anything. So, um, that team's got a lot of soul searching to do, and and you know I I kind of thought when they made the coaching change this off season that they had that they recognized that, and I'm kind of like I would like to be a fly on the wall for this team, and I'm, I'm curious if if it's a player side or if it's coaching side or if it's managerial or what or if it's just a combination of all of these things. It probably is a combination of everything, but like, I mean, look, let, let's let's put it bluntly, right? J- JDG play stupid; they just do. Like they have bad drafts. They have too. bad They've drafts, bad drafts for a and, while. They, and they. I, I always say square peg round hole, but like they literally like find some play, like whatever it happens to be at the time, they usually pick something right, whether it's a type of composition or like in in the last year and a half, it's been specifically like one. They find one set piece that they just run every single game, and as soon as teams figure it out, they're so slow to adapt, and it's infuriating because these players are like all world players in every position, and they just like. They don't. They don't play like an all-world team. They're just good players, and it's a classic case of they're like the Dallas Cowboys a little bit, right? Where it's like you have all these insane players, and they just can never put it together. It's honestly frustrating. I'm with you. Um, we're going to talk more about them in a little bit. The surprise, I think, for a lot of people is OMG. Uh, I think we're in lockstep on this. This team's fraudulent, right? Yeah, they're definitely fraudulent. They're, they're going to get absolutely uh, smoked in playoffs. Yeah, I agree. They're not making it past their first playoff yeah. match in almost any world. They they are like the LNG last season to me. Where I actually, I actually think they're worse than that team was. They've just OMG are a symptom of the current state of the game. It's good for them. They're fun to watch. Cream's obviously insanely good, and he's been just smurfing, just hard carrying this team like every single game, right? But, like, you look at everything else, and it's like, this team is not good, like, in every way, shape, or form. They're, I will be shocked if they even get a game. So, we'll see. Uh, it depends on who they get. Another a positive surprise with these playoffs, BLG finally getting over the hump, a team that perennially just missed the playoffs when, they're expecta- when their expectation was to make the playoffs. Yeah. And they finally got over the hump, and they have a decent seating here coming into the playoffs. So, a little, little shout-out to BLG finally getting it done. I kind of think they're a little bit of a dark horse. Because they're kind of getting better and better and better as the season's going on. Like as as that roster like gelled, 
essentially. They've just steadily improved. They don't have the best performances against the top teams, which is, like, my concern. But uh, generally, like, I, I think look out for BLG. Like, I kind of like them more than, you know, I like them more than a few of these other teams, like, quite a bit more than a few of these other teams. But definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think BLG looked better and better as the season went on. It looked quite good recently. All right. So Friday, we've got, <laughs> again, take with a grain of salt because we're going to motivational angles and who cares and how these games are going to go is going to be interesting. So we got Victory 5 fresh off. Of, they played this morning, right? Yeah, they played this morning. Um, yep. Against FPX. That was that was something. <laughs> uh, we have Victory 5 plus 382 against LGD minus 625. Uh, neither of these teams anything to play for, but Pride. The V5 last chance narrative. Are they going to, can they get there in the last match of the season? I mean, that's the yeah. angle, right? They didn't look too bad in game two this morning, but that's a stretch. I'm really, I'm really. They've looked like they've looked better and better as the season went on. They just were so abysmal yeah. to begin with that looking better and better is not necessarily mean that they're not the worst team in the yeah, league. Th- they've just, I th- they've gotten all of their game wins are like in the last three weeks yeah. or whatever. They've they've stepped it up a little bit, but yeah, they are leaps and bounds better than they were, and still the worst team in the league. So. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe plus four hundred against LGD with nothing on LGD's the line. LGD's not That's, good either, I, so I'm kind of with you. Yeah, I, I I think I might end up betting V5 in this spot. Just it's a pretty big number, nothing to play for, and LGD. I think also LGD is like different kinds of teams handle being eliminated yeah. differently. We were talking about how like JDG and Invictus. We don't know how they're going to handle that because this is like this is new some veterans that were supposed to make playoffs. Are they going to be depressed? But LGD is a team that, like, has some veterans on there. They might be a little bit more depressed about this. Victory 5 has long ago accepted that they were not making the yeah, playoffs. they're playing with house money. <laughs> and, and, yeah, they're playing with house money here. It, it's possible that they could get this last one. I think 400 might be good enough for me to yeah. take a shot on that. Yeah, this there. is one of those situations where I think, like, you look at the situation. It's like, also, I'll say this for LGD. They got a couple, you know, long-term veterans. ZA, Kramer, they've been around for a long time. Maybe final rodeo for them. They bust out some pick that they want to have fun on. Something goofy. Could be. Could be. Just this is. These are the kind of spots where where you you at least need to consider it, right? So, yeah, I I would look. To, I, I mean, definitely, I'm not touching the LGD side, and I think Victory Five is like historically bad. But uh, yeah, we'll see. JDG minus three thirty three against Rogue Warriors plus two thirty three. Um, we'll say Rogue Warriors get a games at minus one twenty eight. This one's another interesting spot because uh, we we don't know like we don't know how JDG and Invictus specifically because this is unprecedented this is this is you know unexplored Earth right like we haven't seen we haven't seen this in so long that I have no idea how these teams are going to react right yeah I mean think of it think of it for people that are listening like think of this like basketball if this was like a LeBron James team yeah. and they didn't make the playoffs it's like. You, you really think LeBron's going out there and, like, busting it super hard in the last three games when his team's eliminated from playoffs, and he's insanely let down. And that that's kind of how I'm wondering about JDG and Invictus. Like, are they going to feel that way? of just like, what are we even fucking bothering yeah. for? Like, we're eliminated from playoffs. So I could see Rogue Warriors here. I think I kind of like, if you're going to go the Rogue Warriors route, I kind of like just betting the minus one and a half. Yeah. I kind of feel like if, if JDG's not motivated and haven't been practicing or whatever, then they might just get destroyed by Rogue Warriors here. Uh, so I think maybe I might bet the, the Rogue Warriors minus one and a half. And there's not a ton of spots. Like, we talked about this before. You don't just want to jam every underdog or whatever because the match doesn't matter, but this spot feels like a pretty decent spot to maybe try out the Rogue Warriors. I also will say Rogue Warriors kind of ONG-esque in that they ju- they just 
for lack of I hate using it because it's so cliche and it's way overused. But like they really do just flip coins. Like they really like and if they like. Zhao Hao is literally Harrow 2.0. It's crazy, right? Like, how funny is it, right? This team, we had questions when they went away from him. We were like, okay, like, that was the reason we liked them as underdogs sometimes, because he would just go ballistic some games, and now they have a new version, which is kind of cool. Um, Rogue Warriors have had, they've, they've been saucy. You know, they've, they've been spicy underdogs here. So, like, I, Another team that's been a lot better in the second half of the season, mm-hmm. too. Rogue Warriors was a lot better in the second half versus the first half. Yeah, so I, I, I could totally see Rogue Warriors... You know, this is a kill total over spot too. I think that I that yeah. I agree with. I like that. I like that in the last match too. By the way, um, again, I don't want to do every single match kill total overs because some of these are different, but worth considering. Uh, Friday in the LCK. Now the LCK is a lot more confusing. Um, only three teams have mathematically locked. Uh, we have Nongshim, Genji, and Damwon are mathematically locked. Sandbox are currently in third place, but like, there's a weird scenario where they could, like, it's got to be, like, a really specific scenario where they could actually get knocked out of playoffs because of tiebreakers and whatnot. But for all intents and purposes, Sandbox are in also. Like, it would take an actual miracle for that not to happen. I think they have to lose maybe all of their matches. And then I think they need, they need to, to all lose them. all of them, and I think they need, like, specifically somebody else to win all of theirs or something. Like, that's the weird, like, 0.1% outcome. Uh, So they're basically into... Uh, T1 and Afrika are... I'm going to go ahead and say that this is your playoff picture. Because, you see, you have Hanwha Life, Brion, KT are on the bubble. DRX were eliminated last week. They were actually the fastest team in LCK history ever eliminated from playoffs because of, like, how the table shook out this season, which is weird because those generic teams were very bad, but there was almost always another bad team. And um, so DRX are out, but Hanwha Life, Brion, and KT are on the bubble, but it's a lot... Uh, it's kind of up in the air. Uh, I think Brion and KT, for them to make it, they have to win all their matches, and they need Afrika to lose their last three matches. Yeah. Like, that's their only shot. Hamwa Life are the only one with a realistic shot, right? Yeah, they're, they're the only one that could maybe take over the Afrika spot realistically. It's so unlikely that Brion or KT would get there. Yeah, so if, if, if Hamwa Life go... 3-0 or 2-1 and Afrika lose out. Like, that's the that's what they're looking They're looking for Afrika to lose out and they go undefeated or something like that. Or they Afrika goes 1-2 and they go 3-0. But uh, keep in mind, I'm just going to pull up the schedule really quick because... Even their, like, their game score is really bad. Even if yeah. they go 2-1 and Afrika goes 1-2 uh, and two or whatever, it's still really bad for them. Humble Life also have a really rough schedule of teams that care still. So they had they play sandbox tomorrow. They could be eliminated tomorrow, by the way. So just you know, take this with a grain of salt. I actually think that's going to happen. I think sandbox is going to win that. Match. Yeah, it seems really likely that we're just about to lock this up here. Um, and then they play Afrika and T One, who are still in. You know, could you can make the argument they're going to be playing for playoffs? Here. E- either way, good teams is is the point. They they don't have a DRX on their schedule, so. Uh, yeah, really unlikely so, that they're going to find the three zero there. So I'm going to go ahead and say that our LCK playoffs, in some order that is not decided yet, is going to be Nongshim, Genji, Damwon, Sandbox, T1, and Afrika in some iteration. Uh, so, with that in mind, we'll just quickly go through you know the Friday matches here because I don't think there's a lot going on. Uh so DRX plus 165 KT Rolster minus 200. KT Rolster not mathematically eliminated but could be based on the results of tomorrow. 
No, hold up. No, they could still be in it as of tomorrow, unless Brion win. If Brion win, they're done. So yeah, I mean, it seems like this is a this feels like a KT minus one and a half spot to me. I think I would have bet that anyway, even if there was no playoff picture. But a, like slightly edge given to the fact that DRX is eliminated and it's must win for KT. Yeah. I already like that bet anyway, so I think I'd go yeah, there I, at plus money. I'm on the same side. Like KT have had their their inconsistencies, and DRX are looking a little bit better recently. But don't don't be fooled by the fact that DRX took a match. Like this team's still not good. Like they're. It's the same thing with V5. Like, improved does not mean good, you know? So Yeah, I mean, they're in last place. KT's in second to last, and KT has twice as many game wins this season yeah. as DRX does. Yeah. Um, I think KT are going to show up for this one. I'll be on probably money line and minus 1.5. Next one, we got a potential you know, a playoff preview here. We got a Gen G against T1. Now, I'll say this, because historically the LCK is not like a, a region that does a lot of these for fun games, uh, especially if... The, the times you do see it are when teams are eliminated or if you have a very unique team, like a team just goofy characters, right? Um, you don't often see that. It's just it's just the way the league carries it. It's a lot more like the – it's actually, I would say it's even more serious than like the LCS is, right, in terms of like these kind of games. The LCS is, has loosened up recently. But LCK, you don't see a whole lot of those kind of games. You, you might see experimental picks trying to front for draft situations and playoffs, like maybe trying to show a pick the team's going to have to consider. But the teams do show up and they try hard. So I expect this to be a playoff atmosphere match. Uh, any any strong leans either way? I think they have, like, I'll just say about the LCK, I think their, like, their coaching stabs and stuff especially are much more serious about, like, we want you to go out there and give your 100% all the time. Like, I think T1 is an example of a team that I would never expect to see in a troll game ever. Like, even if the situation was nothing on the line whatsoever, I just don't ever expect to see T1 in a troll game. I feel like that organization just takes itself very seriously and doesn't want that out there. Um, I wouldn't expect any even remotely troll games from the LCK until, like, the very last day of the season, and then you might see them loosen up a little bit. But I, I wouldn't expect to see anything except for pure normal gameplay until basically yeah. the last day of the season. In this match, um, I think I lean T1. I think I, I actually am going to bet T1 here. Gen G has looked a lot weaker in the second half of the season. Yeah. If I remember correctly, they have a losing record in the last like four I weeks. I think that's correct. I think I think they have a losing record in games in the last four weeks. They were way atop the the mound to begin the year, and then they've fallen off really hard since then. Uh, I, I think I like T1 yeah. at minus one thirty three. I, I think Gen G. We we kind of talked about this last week, where like it's weird how linear this team is making themselves play. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is a this is a team that's more well rounded than that, and it just seems like they're not willing to like unless they get specifically Renekton in Italy, which is like catnip for them. Because they're for for what it's worth, they are a team that's very very good at it, right? Like this is one of the few teams that is very that's like their bread and butter, right? But outside of that, they they are just unwilling to play any kind of up tempo like Harold Snowball kind of team. They're just not like they. All last year, like, one of the main strengths of Gen G was that they did everything, like, at a pretty high level. They weren't, like, maybe truly elite at anything, but, like, they did everything at a very high level, and they were super versatile, and that was their their strength, right? This season, they've been, like, to me, like, unnecessarily linear, so it's kind of weird. And I think, like, if they want to play scaling, like, it's just a coin flip. And I, I think T1 have been a better team overall, so uh, I'm with you. I think T1 here. I think T1 are kind of quietly a dark horse, too, to win the split. I mean, Damwon is kind of... Yeah, I think 
I think the most likely final, if it's possible through brackets, is Dan one and T one, yeah, and and we'll see what happens there. Friday in the, <clears throat> I guess. All right, so we have the LCS coming up. Uh, let's do Friday, and then we'll uh, let's do Friday in the LCS, and then maybe we'll we'll just touch on openers for the LEC, and then we'll get it's on. Just Saturday, Saturday, right, for LCS? Oh uh, yeah. So that's it for Friday. Uh, I guess we'll just do this now. So we did get openers for the LEC. Popped a couple days ago. Uh, we're going to talk more in detail about this next week, but I just wanted to go over a few of these, maybe initial leans from you, John, if you wanted to, uh, you know, go over it. So we have it's going to be Rogue minus three ninety three against Misfits plus two sixty five. I have a really hard time seeing Rogue losing this series. Same here. I have a really hard time yeah. seeing it, and I like I love in the best of fives. The minus one and a half gets a lot more attractive yeah. to me in a lot in best of five series. And uh, I kind of think the rogue minus one and a half at one seventy three is a pretty good deal. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with that as well. Um, let me see, Mad Lions uh, minus one hundred one against G two minus one thirty one. This, I hate this Mad Lions team, dude. They're so frustrating. <laughs> like literally, I swear to God, this team just lives to bust. They're the new Gen G, dude. They just live to bust my bankroll up. I swear to God, like. Every time it's like an advantage. I feel like every time you actually get it, because it doesn't happen very often. Every time you get an advantage spot against them, they always win it. Right? Like, anytime you, it's a good spot to go against them, they always win it. And anytime you want to back them ever, they always lose it. It's what it always feels like to me, right? So, they. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like a G2 truther where, like, I think they're definitely going to win playoffs or anything. And if the number was a little bit bigger, like I can definitely see G two losing this series, but I think at minus one thirty one, I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I, I'm not buying Mad Lions, dude. I'm not like. If this was like a minus two hundred, I might, I might just abstain from the series because I, I could definitely see Mad Lions getting the upset here, but one thirty one just feels too juicy to me. Here's the other thing with Mad Lions, and this is like another frustrating aspect of this team, right? Is like they've had so many of these like come from behind victories off of like. I want to give them some – it's so difficult because I want to give them some amount of credit for, like, playing good defense. But I would say it's, like, 25% that, 75% other teams just completely bungling leads against them. Like, it happens – it's happened – the Rogue series, Rogue won that match, dude. Like, let's be real. Like, I like I, I don't know – I mean, they, they, they fucked up not stacking Dragons. That was their mistake. But, like, it's pretty hard to lose a game when you're up 6K. Straight up, like, I, and I don't know if it's just a mental block with that team against that team. I don't know, but like, may have had a couple of those series where it's like they had no business winning this game. And I don't think you want to rely on being able to come back in games like that. I appreciate the mental fortitude, but like, that's not how you want to play. But I also acknowledge that this team has been ramping up. They're gonna be i I would anticipate in top form, but like, I I just think Matt are overrated. Like I think everyone's getting hyped because they've won a couple games in the last. They've they've won. They've done well in the last two weeks, and coming into playoffs, everyone's hyping them up. But if you like look at the actual results of the games, they have not been doing that well. You know, so like, all right, don't look at the results. You look at the performance in the games, not the results of the games. Right? They've not actually been that good. Yeah. Right? The other th- thing with this team is when they win, they have these like super lopsided wins. They almost never win just like a solid above average game. They either have these, like, insanely high peak performances or these ridiculous come-from-behind wins. Like, there's no consistency with this team whatsoever. And uh, G2 have been steadily more and more consistent as the season's going on. They're ramping into four. I, I like G2. I'm with you on this one. Um, 
Yeah, me too. We'll talk more in detail about these and see where these markets move next week because uh, that'll tell us a lot too. Vitality plus 186 against Fnatic minus 258. I'm, I'm all over Fnatic here. Yeah, this is the most interesting series by a lot, um, especially with Fnatic having a, a really tough end of the season and Vitality like ramping their way into the playoffs, kind of miracle running into the playoffs with Fnatic having a really tough last two weeks. Uh, it does make it more interesting. It seemed like Fnatic, man, it seems like Fnatic turned as soon as we started supporting right. them. Isn't that the right. classic case? Yeah. As soon as we were like, you know what, Fnatic's the best team in the league, then they just started yeah. losing every game to everyone. But, uh, yeah, I could see Vitality winning, but I'd like to get a better number. I'd love to bet Vitality in this series, but I don't want to bet them at 186. I wanted to get that number at, like, 300. And if it was at, like, 300, I would have bet it. But we, we talked a little bit about this before we got on the show tonight, but... Uh... I'm kind of glad Vitality made it because I think they have a chance to beat some of these teams if they just have a ceiling day. Like, if they are in the top 10% of their outcomes, I could see them beating these top teams. I did not feel quite the same way about Excel. But I do think Excel overall were a better team in the second half of the season. So it's kind of a weird situation. It's kind of like, uh, what was it, like Clutch at Worlds for NA a few years ago? Like, we wanted them at Worlds even though we didn't think they were the third best team or something like that, so... Yeah, just because they had spike performances. Yeah. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think Vitality makes for the most interesting matchup with Fnatic here. I think if it's Fnatic versus XL, I'm expecting a for sure Fnatic 3-0. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fnatic versus Vitality is a little bit more interesting, but I just don't like that Vitality number enough to get on this that. Was, this was way lower than I anticipated it would be. Like, I thought this would be, like, a, I thought this would be like, like 380. You know, I actually made it higher. Yeah, I was looking for, like, a, I was looking for a plus 300-y number for Vitality to, to bet them, and when I saw it, 186, it's like that. I think as it stands, this is, a, this is a cheap price for Fnatic with what they've shown us this season, so I'm probably going to be on that money line. Um, yeah, I like the money line. Saturday, line. we've got Invictus minus 417 against TT plus 282. Give me one second. got to write down so we already did JDG, and now we're on Invictus. As far as like the two teams that we're not exactly sure how they're going to react to having meaningless games here, I kind of think I'm. I think that Invictus is a team that is more likely to have some fun but still win these games versus JDG. Like JDG feels like they might be in a real depressed yeah. funk to me. Invictus, I could see the shy and rookie and them coming out here and having some fun and playing some Callista top or whatever and and just knocking these teams down. So. I kind of don't feel the same about Invictus that I feel about JDG. Yeah. Uh, interesting angle on here is like I, we don't. The other thing is that we don't know who the starters are going to be. Like, there's a chance the shy just doesn't play in this. That's that, true, I'll that's say this because we didn't talk about that for the JDG series either. But like, there's a chance they just play like JDG Young, where they bring somebody up or try something. So please be sure you're. Che- I mean, most of our listeners are are and and they're good about checking lineups. A lot of people are playing DFS, so it's it's critically important to check your lineups and everything. So just double check yourself on these because I think there is an outside chance that we see weird as weird as it would be. Some not you know maybe the rookie isn't starting or something, but we'll see. Um, don't don't yeah, they might want to just give those guys a break. Like if those guys are kind of like depressed or unhappy about this missing playoffs, they might just say you know what, take an early break, go on vacation. Yeah. We'll have you know the IG young guy come up and replace you or have Nanny come back in for the shy Nanny or was good this season like so I kind of it's it makes a lot of sense for them to uh, I don't, you could if they're looking to like move the shy maybe they could make a lot yeah, of sense Yeah quick question too. side note where could the shy go where you would be really excited for him to end it's up there where it's not the east I don't think it'll happen though 
where would be a fun landing spot for him? I'm trying to think of somewhere like a team where he can, where he might fit in that would be like a fun landing spot for him, even if it's completely unrealistic. I'm a quick look at like what about Mad Lions to shy? I'm gonna take. I think Armit has struggled a little bit in the later half of the season. What if they do the shy in there? I'm just gonna quick take a look at how old. he's still. Jesus, he's so young. Doesn't it feel G two the shy? Doesn't it? I like doesn't... that. I like that. Take a guess how old the shy is, because because oh, this blew my mind. Like twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. Oh, he's 20, well, yeah, in my mind, he was he'll be 25. Tw- he'll be 22 so. right after the season ends. I do like that call by Kev. I think G2 the Shy would be one of the funniest things you could yeah, possibly having G2, do. Having the Shy and Cavs on the same thing, having the same team could be hilarious. But uh, I was just trying to think of a couple teams where I'd be like, yeah, he could fit there. Because a lot of teams, like if you tell me he's going to Rogue, I'm like, okay, that's terrible. Yeah. That's not going to work. But there might be a couple teams where he might fit in. I wonder if you send him to like, about cloud I was going to say Cloud9. I mean, Fudge has been, so, Fudge has been yeah, pretty good. Maybe he plays, so 80, maybe that, he plays but... 80 carry or something. <laughs> you know, like... Jeez. What a... What a... What a fun player. <laughs> what if he goes over to... R- what if he goes over to RNG and Jiahu goes back oh to mid? Because Cryon's had a struggle of a season. They could bring the Shy in and move Jiahu back. I don't know. I never know with him. He's such a weird player. You have no idea. It could work out. He just is, is bad. And he's done. <laughs> where teams just yeah, it might just be that he's done because I mean he has had some very poor performances yeah. in the last two years too. Even if he's had some upside, watch him next year. He'll be the world's MVP next year. Watch just 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 the second we we finally get off the train. We've been so loyal to him. The second we get off the train, he's gonna be like, oh yeah, world's MVP, no problem. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. I I'm not touching this match with a ten foot pole, dude. Like maybe overs. Yeah, I think I'm just skipping it. Maybe overs. Maybe like tower total overs if he's gonna play like the Quinn or some shit. I don't know. Uh, th- there's just a reasonable chance that Invictus just steamroll this. Vitality, the shy. There we um, go. I will. I will say that neutral objectives overs have been pretty good in Thunder Talk games because they tend to their early game is actually pretty good. Like they just sell. It's not. All right, it's not actually good. It's good for betting purposes uh, because they sell out for neutrals. So, like, TT First Herald has been just a slam dunk all season. You get plus money on them almost every game, and they're, like, a 60% First Herald rate. So, that's been a very profitable spot. Maybe look to that, especially against... I do like the over here, I think. I, li- yeah. I like that that take on this one. because, yeah. yeah. Uh, RNG, BLG, uh, kind of potentially a battle for seeding. Um, I- I'm expecting both these teams to treat this match like a playoff match, especially BLG, who have not really... I don't want to say, like, they've been in playoffs. They were in third place, like, last year. But uh, this is a team that I I would imagine treats this like a playoff match, treats it seriously, prepares for it seriously. RNG, I would guess the same because they've they've been kind of operating in that weird – like, they're still getting themselves into – playing themselves into shape. So I I would expect this to be a playoff atmosphere match. It feels kind of like a big number, doesn't it, for RNG? Yeah, I think these two teams are going to take this one seriously. I agree with you, but I do think that number is a little big. BLG's played well recently. I even have RNG as like my number one team in the LPL right now, and I still don't yeah. think I'm going to bet them at minus three thirty three against number. BLG. This is a big number. Plus, there's also the chance that like you know one of these teams just has just has a better plan on the day, and the other one's like, eh, you know, I'm not going to overthink this and show anything, and you know, I think. Gun to my head, had to bet on this match. I would probably take the RNG minus one and a half at even money. That's not so bad, but I, I'm not going to bet it. I, I think, think I'm on Billy Billy plus one and a half maps. Like that's where I would be on this. Um, 
yeah, they've just been playing really, really well. This team has just been – I'm telling you, we said it already, like, look out for this team like, as a dark horse. Like, I don't know if they're going to win the split, but I could see them upsetting someone. They've been they've been getting better and better as the season goes on. So, all right, Saturday in the LCK, we've got Afrika plus 153 against Nongshim minus 185. Uh, Afrika, I believe, are going to need this one still. Or actually, no, maybe not. I think they can clinch tomorrow. Right. I think they pretty much just need a match. Yeah. So if they if they won already, I think they'll pretty much be locked in. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of. Because <clears throat> I don't think if they win the match tomorrow, I don't think Hanwha can catch uh, their they, game. They don't play tomorrow. I keep mixing nuts. them up with Sandbox. They don't play tomorrow. They don't play till so. This is their first. Oh, game of the if, week. yeah. If this is their yeah, then they then they they need one more win. So they'll definitely take this pretty yeah. seriously to try to make sure they I'm get one. I'm gonna be on a in this one. I'm still not buying Nongshim. I'm not. I'm not necessarily buying Nongshim, but I'm. Not, man, this one's pretty close. I, I, I think Afrika is probably the right way to go, but it's it, this is a pretty tough one for me. Nongshim has continued to, like generally speaking, hold yeah. strong in all the spots that you know. I, I wonder whether they're going to get through this tough spot or whatever, and they've held strong for the most yeah. part. I want to. I just to clarify, like I'm not shitting on Nongshim. I just think that like they're. This is a very very clear case of a team just rolling high. You know what I'm saying? Like they're a good. Yeah, team. I think they're they're good. They're just not as good as like they're not the best yeah, team in the LCK, n- which is where they're sitting right now. Or if you believe in upcomers power rankings, but we we'll right we're not talking about that. That's for another time. <laughs> still have not taken our uh, our challenge to um, still have not taken our challenge to play uh in the five v five. You guys should tweet at upcomer and get them to um, take our our challenge because they don't appear interested in doing so. They're not even giving us the time of day. It's a damn shame. It's because they're going to get bodied. Grass to upcomer, dude. They're uh, you know how you you know how you go undefeated. You never play anyone that would beat you. Just saying, best rankings in the world. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, Breon at plus one seventy five against Sandbox minus two thirteen. Uh, interesting one here because you're going to have. Brion play against Damwon tomorrow. If Damwon win that series, Brion are all but eliminated. So uh, there's a chance that this match does not mean anything for them. There's also a chance that Sandbox win tomorrow, and this match doesn't mean anything besides seeding for them. So uh, typically when you have teams that make playoffs for the first time, they tend to treat even like all these end-of-season games like, like they're preparing, they're playing, they're trying hard. They're not mailing it in or just trying not to hide trying to hide things before playoffs uh because they want to keep momentum because you know momentum is a very real thing and everything for you know in the minds of a lot of these coaches and players so sandbox i think will stay up for this one it does feel like a little bit of a big number given the context of the situation but generally speaking i think you're going to want to be on the sandbox side of things here um Maybe Brion first dragons, but again, that's been kind of uh, people have been making adaptations for that. Uh, John, I was just saying, uh, there's a chance that this doesn't really matter for either of these teams because they both play tomorrow. Brion could be eliminated, Sandbox could lock playoffs. But generally speaking, teams that are not perennial playoff teams, like consistent playoff teams, tend to treat these kind of games seriously to keep momentum going for the playoffs. So I do think Sandbox is probably the right side here. I don't know if I'm going to bet this one because it's probably right around market price for me. I kind of agree with you. I think Sandbox is going to win. If I was gunned to my head again, I would probably bet minus one and a half for yeah. Sandbox. 
but I think I probably stay away. I might end up betting that minus one and a half. We'll have to see on that one. LCS playoff match on Saturday. Uh, so I'm assuming DK is going to do that as its own. Oh, that's kind of shitty that we have. Probably be Saturday, Sunday, two game playoffs. Okay, that, that'll be more interesting because I actually think both these matches are kind of fun for DFS purposes. Uh, I don't know how the pricing is going to look, but uh, there's probably some cool builds you can do because Liquid and Cloud9 are so evenly priced, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Saturday, we have Evil Geniuses minus 465 against Dignitas plus 345. Um, over under, uh, kill total is 26.5, kill spread 6.5, and, and the time total is 32. So. EG kind of limping in a little bit, but uh, they looked a little loose this weekend. I don't know if you thought the same thing. Also played against good teams uh, to finish the season, so I'm super bullish EG in I, the spot. I think what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do with this series is bet enough on the minus one and a half that I will break even if the minus two and a half doesn't hit, and then have a decent amount on the minus two and a half as well. I think that's where I'm I'm probably go. just going to play like a full spectrum. I'm going to play all three and do the same thing where it covers positions, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think yeah. should be minus a thousand favorites. Like, actually, I can pull it up. Like I forget what I made them in this one. EG, EG should be heavier favorites than this, and I know it, lo- it looks expensive. I'd be really surprised. Even if this went to five games, I'd be really surprised. Yeah. I made, yeah, I made, I made, I made my, uh, what was it, minus four, minus 416, give or take, on a map, which makes the series, like, literally, like, minus 2,000. So, I, I just don't see, I mean, EG, sometimes a little variant, but they haven't been as much so this season, and I have a hard time seeing Dignitas get more than a game here. I could see them stealing a game because, you know, when when they get ahead, they do tend to crush games down. So I could see them maybe spiking a game, but no way. Yeah, it's going to be something like, you know, four units on the minus yeah. one and a half, two units on the minus two and a half or something yeah. for me. This is a uh, shoebox money for EG. I think this is – think treat, treat this as, as take your 20% return or whatever and then just be happy with it. Um, let's see here. Sunday, um, I feel like I almost feel like we should have more to say about this because Dignitas have been surging a little bit. Well, but like the the fact of the matter is, like when Dignitas aren't ahead, they're good when they get ahead in games, which is why I think they can probably get a game here, maybe two, if they spike two. I just have a hard time seeing them winning the series. So, yeah, I mean the stats are like not close at all between these mm-hmm. two teams, and I don't really see where Dignitas is going to get their advantage. I think like EG is pretty much better at every position than Dignitas is. Agreed. I don't think that the Dignitas even has like a, oh, well, their synergy around First Dragon is better. Like, I can't even really think of anything like that where it's like that's where they're going to get their advantage they're, from. They're playing, they're playing like so, like weird picks. I guess that's like a, a way, like they've been doing like the Diana Yasuo, Yasuo Diana Yone. Like, Yasui's been, you know, mixing it up, doing some different things. Like, maybe that just catches people off guard. But like, EG have now seen that for a couple of weeks. So, like, nothing's really going to surprise them. So, I think especially with time to prepare, you're going to have a really hard time as Dignitas here. Sunday, LCK, or LPL, we've got, uh, let me quick timestamp this, because... This is an interesting one. <clears throat> All right, so we've got uh, Top Esports, minus 149, against Team WE, plus 112. One of the... Uh, Sunday is actually interesting. Both games on Sunday in the LPL. So Top Esports, you know, moderate favorites against Team WE here. Um, does... <laughs> My gut just tells me Top are going to smash this. Like, I know that's not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
WWE just coming off a seven win streak. Like they were, they won seven matches yeah. in a row, and their first loss was to FPX, where they lost two one. It was a close series. Was it F- oh, RNG? RNG. They lost to RNG when the teams had a combined sixteen wins in a row between WWE and RNG, and they took a game. I don't know. WWE's had a very very strong second half of the season, and Top Esports has looked super lacking yeah. to me. Like if this used to be when Top would lose games, like in previous splits, I would be like, well, they're just like very variant, but their skill level is super high. This split, I haven't just hasn't. I don't think that their like average skill level has been very high. I think like Knight has been incredible as he usually is. I think their bot lane has just been pretty kind of like bad, yeah. and I don't mean bad like victory five bad, but they're relative like to not not of yeah. the yeah relative to the expectation of top esports. I think their bot lane has just kind of been bad, and Karsa has not been on the level of any of the other top junglers like Beishong or even Kanavi. I think Kanavi, even though JDG was bad, Kanavi was very good this season. Garza has like not been among those. Oh, wait, for not, not going to throw Leon into that conversation. Leon's not going to throw the good. best jungler in Leon. the LPL into that conversation. I'll say, I'll say <laughs> it. He's been the best jungler in the LPL. <laughs> I don't think that's crazy. He's been, he's been good. Yeah, he's been very good. He, you can at least uh, yeah, make an argument there. Just messing with you. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to bet WE here, and I think I might bet WE minus one and a half, yeah. uh, just because the odds are significantly better. I wish I was getting a better number on that. If it was like plus 400 for WE minus one and a half. I think I would be all yeah. over that. It's not, not like they're not like WE is guaranteed to win, but I don't, I don't think top esports is making a run this year. I don't yeah. think they're going to be in the finals. I think they're going to get eliminated somewhere towards the beginning or middle. Realistically, of the I'm probably not going to bet this one like for, on a side. Cause I do think this is pretty close, but I don't know, man. One of the upsides for, for top is that they do have the most lopsided matchup in the, in, in the matchup favorite. is, the, in their favor, Mun Knight against yeah. Shanks, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think WE kind of has the advantage everywhere except for mid. If I was if I was giving yeah. out advantages, I, I think what's weird about this too is that like I, I'm kind of giving a little bit of benefit of the doubt to top esports that like they're going to keep improving a little bit here and there with three six nine being more, you know, playing more games with the team again. But like, I, it's not going to be that much better than it is now. Like he's had a couple weeks to integrate back in, so. And I don't. Th- I think Breathe is the best top laner in the league, so I don't think three six nine is going to be yeah. contesting him. It's, this is just like a weird intuition one for me. Like I feel like Top are just going to like little brother we. I, I will say regarding both these teams, they both they, they have a little JDG to them. Both of these teams, where like <clears throat> the players are clearly very very good. Like no one's questioning that, but they play pretty dumb a lot of the time. <laughs> so really, like I, almost no result would surprise me in this series at all. So, in terms of sides, I'm probably going to be staying away from it. I might play kill total overs because I, I could see these teams just going at each other. Yeah, this is a very bloody yeah. matchup for sure. I, I could see overs here. FPX, minus 154, EDG, plus 116. Arguably the two best teams in the world. I'll say that. Uh, I think there's a yep, couple yep. other people in consideration. but um... Last match of the season, and it might be for the regular season title. There's a pretty good chance it's going to be for the regular season title. Yeah. Not sure how much that really matters to these teams. Maybe it does. They're, they're, these teams are more than likely both going to be locked as one and two. So they're going to get the, the, the bye to the fourth round of playoffs, which is you know presumably what they'd be going for. Um, I think FBX are just better. I think they've been a better team yeah, in the I second so half. I think they've been um, – yeah, I don't. I I think FBX are the top team in the world right now. I don't know. Like, do you make this a big enough difference? 
to play FPX here? Uh, yeah, I think I am going to bet FPX. I, I do think FPX is, is good enough to earn this here. Um, I think, yeah, for me, I have EDG like the third or fourth best team in the yeah. league. Maybe third. Somewhere, somewhere right around there, but uh, I have FPX, the best team in the league, right there I, with RNG, who's the other team I have. I kind of have FPX, EDG, and RNG as, like, your Yuri Leave 3, and then the rest of the table has enough questions for me that, like, I think of, <clears throat> I think the best of the rest is probably WE or Aradam, or maybe Top Esports when they're informed, but, like, I don't know what's going on with that team right now, but, like, like yeah. I do think that there's, like, a, a drop-off just purely for me from a consistency standpoint. Like, I think those three are just – they're the most well-rounded, they're the most intelligent teams, and they, they are just – they're good at everything, right? So I think those are, like, your elite three, and I think there's, a like, you could make a case for whoever as the best of the rest, right? Like, I think there's, like, a half-tier drop-off to the next group. I don't think they're that much worse. But, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I do think FPX take this one down, though. We'll see. It, I could also just see this, this one being an overmatch. You know, or it's just like, okay, like, these teams are going to have... Yeah, last match of the season. And they're going to have a couple weeks off. <clears throat> well, not off, like, from actually playing. They're going to be off from playing on stage. Like, there's a reasonable chance that, like, we don't see... I, we're not going to see either of these teams play for, like, three weeks after this match. Because of the... They, they're going to have... A, they're going to have... You know, unless something crazy happens, they're going to have a bye until the fourth round of the playoffs. So, like, I'm just going to take a brief look at the schedule... It's going to be like two or three weeks before they play again, which is kind of crazy. They haven't released the full playoff schedule yet, so um, maybe they have. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, they have. Okay. Uh, the first match for round four. Oh, they haven't. Never mind. I'm dumb. The first match for round four, is it's literally going to be probably in like three weeks from the end of this match, like late August. So there's a chance that they just kind of clown around in this one. Maybe you take overs, but you could. I could also see them treating this like a – preview you know so yeah i'm kind of with you in that i don't necessarily know what the incentive is to come first like if there is any sort of sometimes like contracts have weird stuff like that in there where maybe you could there might be some sort of contractual upside to being the first team in the league at the end of the regular season or from the organization from the like from the lpl there might be some sort of incentive if you come first but I, i if there's no incentive at all i could definitely see like the overs here because they're not losing their their place in the yeah, bracket. Exactly. You know? um, Sunday in the LCK, we've got another actually banger. We've got Damwon minus two hundred four against Gen G plus one sixty six. Uh, you know, potentially jockeying for seeding here. Uh, this is one I don't want to bet until I see Gen G's previous game. I kind of want to see if Gen G is starting to figure some things out because they've looked so mediocre in the second half. Of the it's, season. And it's hard to tell if they've just been like kind of coasting because I do get a little bit of that vibe from them. Like I don't know if you feel the same way. Like I'm not. I'm not saying that's like why they're losing because I, I think they've just been super linear and teams have figured that out. So, but it, it does feel a little bit like they. I, I don't know if they like took time off or they're just not showing anything or what. But like they've been kind of just meh, right? Yeah, I agree, and I, I'd be inclined to bet Damwon right now, but I want to watch that other Gen G match first. I want to see if I if I think that they're starting to figure some stuff I want out. To see if Damwon speedrun Brion tomorrow morning too. You know, that's what you want to see from them, but we'll see. Um, Damwon battling for their life, or uh, Brion's going to be Brion. Unfortunately, has to play against Damwon to keep their season alive. But Brion, as we know, always elevates. So maybe maybe they got upset potential tomorrow, but I don't think so. I I, I mentioned it uh, in my write up today. But 
as the season's going on, Damwon just creeping up the standings, creeping up the standings. Performance metrics continue to get better, so maybe there is something to the hangover. Um, I still don't think this team is as untouchable as they were last season, but I think it's reasonable to say that they're probably the best team in the league now. I want to see a little bit more from T1 post-coaching changes because I I thought that T1 was being held back by their draft style for a while. And if they're if they draft style normalizes a little bit more, I could see T one being my favorite in the playoffs. But yeah. I think right now it almost felt on. like before they were being too smart, like they were outsmarting themselves a little bit. And I think they've just simplified. Things I think a lot. too much. They, I could see what they were going for before. Like they were one of the only teams in the league in the beginning of this season that wanted to play like super aggressive early games. We were seeing like a lot of like Jace, a lot of the really aggressive early stuff, and. I can kind of see what they're going for. Like, if the other teams are going to draft scaling just stuff, and like, we'll just punish it, yeah. them with this. But then they lost a lot of games where it was just like they were ahead by 3,000 gold, and then the other team's comp was just way better yeah. for fighting, and they couldn't win a fight again. And I think if they were their, – their player skill is so high that if they were just drafting comps that were yeah. fair against the other team in team fights, they would have won a lot of those games. I also think that, like, for what it's worth – and we, we've talked a lot about this before, but, like, I like to see teams that try – that kind of thing, try to develop, like, add tools to your toolbox, right? Because if you never do, and all of a sudden it's playoffs and you're trying to do that, you've never done it before, you look like an idiot, right? And you're not practiced in it, and if you never have the, we, we've talked about this before too, but like, if you never have that threat, this is what Gen G are going through right now. Like, if you if you do not even threaten the fact that you are willing to play those, teams just know what you're going to do every game, Right. Yeah, and I, I don't have a problem with having that in your repertoire necessarily. One of the games, things that so one of the things that I just think that people overstate is like when you take a Jace, and everybody knows I hate Jace, but I'm being like trying to be very fair with Jace here. When you take a Jace, I understand why you take him. He wins the lane against almost everybody. The problem is I feel like in pro play he actually doesn't really win the lane any more often than like a Gwen or like somebody like that. Like he does give you an advantage, but teams recognize that you have a Jace up there. They know where your jungler is a lot of the time. Very often, teams just counteract it and just gank the Jace and kill it, and the Jace just loses lane, and then you're just in yeah. trouble. And so I, I think they're like overestimating how much of an advantage they're actually getting from having that Jace. I think I think the thing that people, most people don't understand is you don't pick Jace for Jace. You pick Jace for your jungler, essentially. Like you're picking you're yeah, picking Jace them. one to have physical damage sort like a phys, like an actual damage dealer, not like a bruiser, like an actual like damage dealer that's not like a tank or, 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 you know, more bruisery kind of thing, like outside of like Irelia's and shit like that. But like you pick him to have a physical damage source and to have priority for your jungler. So you can help them with Herald, help them with top scuttle crab. Right. And you can, you know, he's got other, he's got other things that he's good at, other things that are useful and everything too. But like, that's why you're seeing so much of him. And he's actually like a fairly good neutral pick just in general. Uh, but I do think there's this weird thing where like, they never, like people just don't utilize that. So, like, if the other team – you have to think when you're playing the Jace, the other team is going to look at it and be like, oh, let's shut this down and we win, right? So you're supposed to be up there. And a lot of times we see teams will pick the Jace and play it as a weak side, which you, you can do. He's he's not as bad a weak side champion as other as, as others, but, like, that's not what you want to be doing, right? Like, you want to be picking Jace so that you're getting top scuttle and, t- and first herald. Like, that's what you want to be doing. You want to be snowballing and get a huge advantage off that, and that's where he looks good. But different discussion for a different time. Um in terms of size on this one, like you said, you're going to wait and see what Genji does. 
Yeah, I kind of want to just see the Gen G series. I don't necessarily care if they win or lose. I want to see how their drafts look, how their cohesion looks, and stuff like that before I bet this series. Because I think if Gen G is in decent form, then this probably is too big of a number for, for me to take yeah. damn one. But I want to see how they look in that last match before yeah, this one. Kind of in the same boat. Uh, KT Rolster plus 188. Sandbox minus 261. Strong possibility that this match doesn't really matter for anything. So this is... I want to see how KT treats... If KT are eliminated by Friday, which I think can happen, I want to see how they look Friday. And if they're still trying hard and playing, I might actually back KT here. But, uh... You got a bunch of young players that are trying to prove themselves for a second job, probably somewhere else. Like I could see them actually upsetting here. And Sandbox, Sandbox are, are I think a good team, but they do have their issues. And I think both these teams kind of play a similar style. And you know whoever gets ahead is going to probably stay ahead and win. So I wouldn't rule out a KT. I probably here. just yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. I think I'm probably just going to fade this one. I, I think the teams will both come in playing to to win like we <clears> talked <throat> about the lck and this isn't even close to the end of their season yet so i think they'll they'll come in looking to play properly in this match just probably gives me a sandbox edge but probably not to the minus 261 level so i'll probably just fade this one give me one second all right uh sunday lcs playoffs we've got cloud no this is a doozy actually this is a really interesting matchup we've got cloud nine minus 151 against team liquid plus 124 very yeah. interesting the line on this one <clears throat> yeah uh liquid um look good last like week. team liquid yeah they look like they were really starting to get it together after some really bad weeks uh in the previous weeks they look like they were finally really starting to get it together and that worries me a little bit for Cloud9 here. I also think that specifically this matchup, I think people are going to look at this as, and try to try to force that like old G2 Rogue or G2 Origin narrative where it's like Jazz vs. Classical, right? But I really think Cloud9 have relied so much on Fudge. Blabber's been better recently, too. I think that's been a big part of their, their, their late resurgence here, but... I think Fudge is going to have a hard time carrying a game against Alfari, man, if he's the one playing. I'm assuming he's going to be the one playing. Yeah, Alfari, I'm so lost on Alfari, dude, because for half this season, I thought Alfari was actually just bad. For, like, half this season, he's I thought he actually just played pretty bad. And then the other half of the season, he's been old Alfari, like, best yeah, top it's player not, in the it's league, probably. Like this one. It's like... And so I'm really, like, I'm really stuck on him because he has had games this, this, year, this year where I was just like, this guy's not even good. And then other games this year where I was like, this guy's playing fantastically he's the best Dude, top player in the league i this is again like a little bit of gut here i th i think liquid are just randomly gonna hit like they're gonna spike at the right time doesn't it feel that way it's been so frustrating because they've been not that good all season and now i think that like the gang's back together again yeah i think i, I lean the damn liquid it. side i'm definitely God gonna bat it. liquid but i actually kind of <laughs> I actually kind of think they're like over 50% to win, but I'm going to definitely bet them at plus 124. Yeah. I... Yeah, I'm with it. That's a good question from Kevin in the chat there. How much better would C9 be if they had Luger? I actually think C9 would be better if they had Luger, and I think I'd be more likely to, to judge them as the favorite here if they had him with time to integrate yeah. him. How many, how many Pentacles does Ben have in his career? I have to know. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up right now because... <laughs> There's no... All right, all. Let me do all. All seasons. 
Zven has six pentakills in his career. I guess that's a symptom of being on good teams, or is he just good? I don't know. You decide. He's he's been good I, I, in the second half, man. He has been good. He's he's been all right. And I'm I'm never I've never been too I know, impressed with him, but he, he's but been all he's right. been. Is this summer playoffs choke jobs, Ven? Is this what's going to happen? Are they going to lose this bracket? I think if Cloud9, if someone came to Cloud9 right now and they're like, secret under the table, we can alter the universe to make it so no one knows this happened, <laughs> but you get to trade Sven for Luger, I think they would do it in a, like, in a heartbeat. It's probably a lot cheaper. Yeah, lose Sven's contract, get a young up-and-comer, and I think as far as their play levels right now, I think... Dude, Luger you know what's nuts about Luger right is now. that he's not, a, he's not a young up-and-comer. Like, I think that's what people. Well, yeah, I mean, dead. he came from from Turkey as the MVP, but I mean, as far as like having their chance on the yeah, on the big stage, yeah. this is really his first yeah, shot. Um, it feels so weird, but I, I I I hate like just like going strictly on like what I've seen in the last week or two weeks, but like you, you kind of have to go outside the box on liquid a little bit, right? Like going into summer. Assume none of the bullshit and drama happened, and we were just getting this lineup going into summer. They were going to be a favorite to win the split, right? One of them. Yeah, that was the, that was the theory. Yeah. And then all the shit happened, and they kind of honestly give I, I give them a lot of credit because considering all the bullshit that was happening behind the scenes, they actually tread water really well because they just have good players. Even the sub players, I think, were, were are good enough to do that. But I, I really do think you probably. I don't want to say throw out, but I think you probably need to look at like the last two weeks as a, like your main sample for liquid is I, I hate doing that. I hate it so much, but like, yeah, Santorin back and the, the team kind of steady with what they're doing. You know? I think I'm going to be on liquid with you, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. But I, I just think like, yeah, fudge isn't going to be able to steamroll Alfari. That's my main concern here. Like, I guess you could point to perks, over Jensen, but Jensen's been. I think Jensen's been a lot better the last couple weeks too. Like he's, he's. I think Jensen's he's, been quite he's good. kind of been like, listen. He's he's gotten himself out of lane. He's being proactive on the map, even when he's playing his ear and shit. Right, like he's actually trying to. He's not just parking his ass in mid lane anymore, which I think is good. He, I think he recognized that. I, I really do think Liquid are just gonna. They're just gonna hit. They're gonna hit a stride right here. We'll see. I'll tell you one thing. I would take whichever one of these teams was going to draft Twisted Fate less. I, they, they both, they both, like, they both <laughs> like TF, though. I would take whichever one was going to take him less, if I knew for sure. Yeah, we'll see. I think that's, yeah, I know. You're away. I'm never, I'm never going to be able to teach your mind on that. It's, this is this is just a tough, this is a yeah. tough one to call, because Blabber has gotten a lot better in recent but weeks. But then we've got well, and quite good since he came back. Yeah, it's. It's a tough match to call. It's just an excellent first round playoff match. I mean, it's tough to yeah, beat Luger, this one. Luger only. TSM is so fraudulent, dude. I'm so sick that TSM is the number one seed. They're so fucking yeah. fraudulent. There's no way TSM is winning this split. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how many teams box like botch drafts against them too. Like, I would, I would bet. Like, I wish that you could fade teams. Like, there are some teams I wish I could bet against the team them. options. Like, right? get odds that they're <laughs> yeah that they're that they're not going to win. Like. I would bet against TSM really yeah. hard. And honestly, I would bet against EDG too. Even though I, I think EDG is really good, I just don't see EDG winning I the LPL. EDG winning. I think RNG or FPX will beat them if they come up against them. So I would bet EDG against EDG too, even though I think they're very good. Uh, I'm not that bearish against EDG. 
I could see the T. The TS. The I'm TS not bearish on them. I just think they're the. I just think they're the third best team, and I think they match up badly against the first and second best team. So getting through both of them would be I think really hard for them. RNG. I think we're going to disagree there, but I think it's like it's like I'm nitpicking. I think all three of those teams are very good. If I just had to pick one, I do think FBX is the best. I would do FBX, EVG, RNG in that order, but I think it's very close. So um, TSM, I I can see, I can totally see it, but it's just going to depend on the numbers and you know who they're up against and and whatnot. Like I, it's it's tough to really say like I'm going to fade them because like now they're going to have prep time. Is it possible because the books are the books can be kind of sharp on this stuff? Like you definitely see the books making a team that has a better record, the underdog, if they yeah. think that's the case. You know, is there a chance that TSM goes through a lot of this playoff as underdogs despite being the number one seed? I think there's a decent chance that the book makes them an underdog against C9, Liquid, and Hundred Thieves. Probably, and it depending on the number, I'll if the number's right, I'll back TSM. That's kind of how I, that's that's how this works. That's how all this stuff works, right? It's it's. We can think what we want about the teams, and we can. Have, I just think it's yeah, you know, I'm with you. That, I'm, that I'm might with be. You. Like, we can have our evaluation of the team, but ultimately, it's going to come down to what the market says and what the numbers are. And, and like, if you know, they might they might be the fourth best team or the fifth best team, but if the numbers right, you know, I'm gonna. <laughs> so it's, um, I do think that they're on watch for sure, but I'll also comment that they have steadily like performance numbers wise, they've steadily improved a little by little by little by little. So yes, they have a ton. We've seen this before. This is not a new story, right? There's almost like there's one or two of these teams every year where they're fraudulent, they're fraudulent, they're fraudulent, but they do Nongshim are kind of doing this right where like, they're clearly not as good as the record. That's obvious. TSM are clearly not as good as the record. That's, that's a given. I don't think anyone's going to debate that. Right. But, you do kind of look at the underlines, be like, okay, like, are they improving? Are their win adjusted stuff is is win adjusted stuff improving? Like, is it not just because they're winning that it's improving, right? And you got to kind of find the right balance of the two and be like, okay, like, where am I actually pinning this team at? I'm with you. I think TSM are. I, I don't think they're better than the. I don't think they're better than EG or Hundred Thieves, but I'm kind of right there with like C9 Liquid TSM are all kind of similar but good at different things. I have one more piece of TSM slander well. while we're here. Uh, Spika, Spika should not be winning MVP. There, everyone's talking about Spika winning MVP. I don't think Spika he's not going to, MVP but I think he should be a, a candidate. He's been very good this season. I think he's like he he might be in the top ten, but I don't think he's like a person that's gonna like should be winning. That who who do you think should be MVP if you were just off the top of your head? You don't have to be super deep uh, on the metrics. MVP in a traditional sense, or MVP like who I actually think the most valuable player of their team is. Uh, let's go like, traditional. Like, who's, like who's, who's been the best, best player, player in the league? league? And, and that it's probably hmm. it's hard in the LCS, dude. Yeah. It really is because like uh, nobody's. I don't know that anybody has really been a step above everybody else. Impact, maybe. Decent argument Impact's, for Impact. I think I would honestly say Jazuke, which is crazy because he's done some really stupid shit, but like that team, that team is builds around him. So like the, the it's the two of them. You know, it's the it's the combination of the two yeah. of them that it works. They're they're just so good at playing side lanes, and that's a weird skill set, right? And it's kind of hard to. Yep. Who else would I consider? I think you could make an argument for Fudge. Fudge, uh, Fudge would be the other though, one. Uh, um, and it, that'd be a crazy thing for him to win MVP. But I think you could make an argument for him. I think you could make an argument for Abadage. Uh, I think he's yeah. had a lot of actually pretty incredible performances. 
I'm just trying to think like yeah, it's I think those are like your your main candidate. I, I would I would honestly put Spica in that in that Abadaga uh tier. I think even I think I would rather nominate Power of Evil than Spica if I was doing best player. I don't know. TSM it's weird because they're they're greater than some of their parts kind of team. Just the way they play. Like they're not gonna have that many crazy standout performances, but I think Spica's just been rock solid all season. So I, I can see why. I personally wouldn't make him an MVP, but I could see why he's nominated. Like, I won't be... This isn't a Svenskeren thing. You know, like, it's not that crazy, where it's like... Yeah, yeah no, I don't I don't think it's like he's been shit and the team's carrying him or something like that. I think he's been he's been good, but I just didn't... I didn't think that he had the kind of yeah. season where I would be like, wow, this guy's the best player in the league. That's reasonable. Alright, pick of the week. Uh, go ahead and go over yours. I'm just gonna brief... see if we got... It's a parlay, boys. We put a parlay in here. Uh, I liked I liked the couple plus money things, but I thought this was actually a better way to get plus money. I like G two money line and E G minus one and a half. If you parlay those two together, you get a plus one sixty four bet that I think is like over fifty percent to occur. So uh, I think that's where I'm going. All right. Um, oh, I should recap last week. I meant to do that. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. Goddamn fucking DRX, of course. Of course, they had to get they had to get one less jab in before their seed their twenty twenty one's over, just to stick it to me one more time. Uh, Afrika losing outright to DRX. I had them on the minus one point five. Following up off of the Afrika defeating Damwon like, as well, it was perfect. like literally it was it was ideal. Like, make that shit up, right? Um, Sandbox plus one forty two against Nongshim. I was we were all over that. I think uh, so. John had that for pick of the week. Chris had OMG plus one. I'm so mad. Literally, like, I, <laughs> I hit on all these other ones. Oh, my God, whatever. Because I, I was heavy on Sandbox and OMG list and EG. But So the next one was Josh at EG minus 104 against Team Liquid, and they lost outright. Um, I would do that ten times again, no question. But hard to tell. At the time, we didn't know Alfari and Santorin were going to be playing. So, you know. I don't know. I don't know if it, I don't know who would have changed my position well. at all, but I feel a little less bad about it now. Chris did throw in a pick of the week for this week, okay. even though he wasn't didn't manage to make it to the cast. He has EDG plus one sixteen against FPX, which I think is at least reasonable. We were kind of on the other side of that, but I think that's reasonable. You're crazy, Kev. No, that's that's a good is bet. That I like that bet. No, is Kev. that actually screenshot that? I need picks. Picks where it didn't happen. I don't think that's good. That's a good enough. That's okay, not a good enough I, number for me. You got good teams in the LEC. I think. Yeah, I do, do think G two could win the split. Still, like, I, I'm not going to roll that out, but like, th- so think about it this way: What are G two going to be? I mean, G two are probably going to be small favorites against Rogue, right? Just given the history between those two, like they G two just beats them. Yeah, like I think Misfits and Vitality. I don't think have any chance the, of winning. W- so the only teams that have a chance of winning are G two. The, the thing with these Rogue. kind of bets, though, is you need to. I don't know. Kev's just kind of floating it out there, just because I can't use Discord right now, Kev, because. We're using it to record. the The way you need to approach these like person to win or person to make it past X is you need to think about what their odds are going to be against the teams along the way, and it's essentially a parlay, right? It's a parlay with out with with buyout potential, where like you could get out after a certain point. Like if you if they make the first two legs, you could you know hedge out in the third match and and you know take the money, right? Um, I'll let you take that, Kev. If if it's if, is that posted somewhere? Yeah, if you want to do that, that's fine. I, I I think it needs to be a slightly bigger number than that. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Because you're essentially, like, all right, let's say G2 were, 
what, minus 150 against Rogue? Which I am going to bet Rogue there, but I understand why it's going to be that way because G2 always beats that team. So figure we'll make them like minus 150 against Rogue, right? Who else are they going to play? Yeah, that's the, you're, what you're saying right now is the biggest argument against that bet is that you can actually just bet them against Mad, bet them against Rogue, and then bet yeah. them against Fnatic or Mad or Rogue or whatever, and you're going to get more value making those three bets than you will taking G2 yeah. plus 225. And there's a higher risk of Rowan with this because, like, any number of things could happen, right? Uh, I mean, I guess you could – You the weird yeah. part about this is you have to you have to juggle double elimination, and doing the math on that's kind of tricky, I guess. But, like, they get two chances at it. I think I think that's reasonable. I, yeah. I'm fine. No, with like that I, no I, I get it. It's it's. I would just I would just think about it. That, that's the process you need to go through. Um, pick of the week for me. Hmm. Not a whole lot I like this week. I like EG. That's lame, but. I like EG minus one and a half or Liquid outright. I think those are my two favorite spots. Do Liquid because I have EG minus one and a half in my parlay. Yeah, but I feel less confident about Liquid. I'm going to play Liquid, I think. You know what? I'll play Liquid plus one and a half. I haven't done the math on it. It's probably minus EV, but whatever. At minus 159. That'll be my pick of the week. All right. Eh, you know, fuck it. We're going to look it out, right? I changed my mind. It's probably a better plus EV bet anyway. All right. Uh, that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, I didn't... Oh, yeah, we did recap. I think we're good to go. Uh, weird little Wednesday afternoon show tonight. Just the, just the duo queue. That's what I'm going to name the episode. We'll call it duo queue, right? Um, <laughs> that's going to be it for now. I'm going to try to have this cut and edit it out in the next hour or so, everybody. So hopefully you'll be on all the podcast platforms there. And we will see you all next week. Enjoy the first round of playoffs. And don't get too triggered by the meaningless games in the LC- LCK and LPL. Don't get too uh, – manage your bankroll appropriately, right, John? <laughs> That's correct. That is All correct. Right, everybody, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.